Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Duke Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station, and or FM translator. Good morning and welcome to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show <laughs> on this beautiful, bright, sunny, cold, cloudy, windy, rainy. I don't know what it's like where you're at. What's going on? It's uh, it's uh, and happy birthday to Kelly. In the chat room, who just said, good morning, it's her birthday. Good morning and happy birthday to you. Uh, it is, uh, it's Wednesday, the last Wednesday of uh, this week, which I suppose is always true. <laughs> Every Wednesday is always the last Wednesday of this week. Uh, but it is the last day of broadcast for this week, as tomorrow and Friday are going to be... Um, are going to be Thanksgiving and obviously the day after Thanksgiving, the uh, four day weekend coming up. And I hope you, uh, I hope you are all ready for an enjoyable, quiet time at home. Unless of course you're planning on going out and doing your black Friday shopping at 4 30 AM on Friday, which you folks are crazy. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> Welcome to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. Uh, today, um, well, got nothing. Uh, Mike Shower finally got a hold of him last night. He uh, was coming in and arrived last night around midnight um, from a trip. And so he's not going to be joining us today. So it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, he's a busy, busy guy. And uh, so he's not going to be... Uh, He's not going to be joining us today, and my other guest uh, didn't get back to me. So guess what? It's me and you. It's me and you today. And I got to be honest, I got a couple of headlines here that I'm going to just touch on uh, for a minute. Um, and, uh, you know, but I think I've got some other stuff that I want to talk about as well. And we'll uh, we'll get with you. And and so I've, I've opened up the phone lines first things first today. So we're going to we're going to. Crack the phones open, and it's just going to be kind of a whatever Wednesday. If you want to talk about stuff, well, we'll allow it. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. Powered by our friends over there at Satellite West and all their great dealers across the state of Alaska. Um, Lundy Marine Electronics and Arctic Fire and Safety and uh, uh, Radar Alaska, and just all the folks that are out there, we want to say thank you to all them for helping to sponsor the program <clears throat> today and uh, talking about it, uh, talking about the show, I mean. So appreciate you guys. Um, I've got some other things that I want to talk about today, including some of the 
weirdest holiday traditions, Thanksgiving traditions, uh, some of the weirdest holiday f- Thanksgiving food you can Im- And there are some that, I mean, I will eat almost anything. I mean, if you, have you seen me? I will eat almost anything. But even I, evened, evened I would pause to be like, what? I mean, <laughs> what? Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we want you to participate as well. Uh, we want you to, um, you know, call up and tell me what, you know, do you have a favorite Thanksgiving Maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's the wrong thing to say. Not a favorite um, Thanksgiving recipe, but do you have a Thanksgiving recipe that is just so weird and bizarre that maybe when you got married, your brand new spouse said, you want to make what for Thanksgiving? Um, You know, maybe, you know, looking back at it now, you're like, that was the weirdest thing that mom and dad made me eat. I didn't even, you know, whatever. I just hit me with it and let's, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that today. That's going to be part of our conversation today. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I got a few stories here that I'm going to talk about. Um, and one of them is a Thanksgiving story. Uh, I, I, I felt strongly about it yesterday as I read the story. And, uh, as I said earlier this week, I'm kind of reaching that point where I, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of feeling the the drain of the political talk and everything, but I I do have a few things to say about some of the stories that are coming out because there's more and more. Um, you'll know what I'm talking about when I get to it. So just we'll we'll think about that for a minute. But let me hit some of these local stories uh, first and foremost, um, <laughs> because. I remember when some of these things were making a huge splash, and uh, and now it's uh, it's gotten weird. So you folks down in Homer, uh, uh, listen up. Here's here's the here's the first story of the day. The first story of the day uh, out of the ADN from Zachariah Hughes, and it says a Superior Court judge in Anchorage has dealt a blow. To people using jet skis, sea and other personal watercraft in Ketchumac Bay. The governor's administration, though, says that the issue is not yet dead or resolved. The opinion from Judge Adolf Zeman on Thursday said that the Alaska Department of Fish and Game acted, quote, outside the scope of its delegated authority, unquote, when it repealed a ban on personal watercraft within the boundaries of two conservation districts encompassing Ketchumac Bay. Zeman ruled in favor of four conservation groups that alleged that Dunleavy's Fishing Game Commissioner did not have the power to get rid of a ban on personal watercraft in the area. This was an area, these were officially designated and created by the legislature in the early 70s to protect and preserve habitat areas crucial to perpetual excuse me, to perpetuation of fish and wildlife and to restrict all other uses not compatible with that primary purpose. The two protected areas encompass the tidal flats at the top of Ketchumac Bay past the Homer Spit and well beyond Soldovia at the bottom of the peninsula. But according to the harbormaster, Brian Hawkins, who's the harbormaster in Homer, 
A handful of people have launched personal watercraft from city facilities over the last year. So this is not like it's a popular, popular deal. Um, Ketchumac Bay residents spoke up in great numbers against the department's proposition uh, and proposed change to allow jet skis in the area because they threaten wildlife and the enjoyment of compatible activities in the Ketchumac Bay, said Roberta Highland of the Ketchumac Bay Conservation Society, one of the plaintiffs in group. Jet skis are just not compatible with the primary purpose of these critical habitat areas. Okay, so... <clears throat> All right, let me let me finish. I'm, I'm going to finish before I get into this. Fishing Game in 99 started looking into the possibility of allowing personal watercraft into protected areas, but repeatedly determined their use was at odds with the conservation measures. In its case in the court, the state argued the ban was an overburdensome regulation not supported by any scientific studies and that technological progress has made personal watercraft clean and quiet enough to lo no longer merit special treatment under habitat protection rules. After a public comment period, Fishing Game Commissioner Doug Vincent Lang signed the personal watercraft ban repeal in November of 2020, and it went into effect into January of 21. Four months later, the plaintiffs filed their lawsuit, demanding the ban go back into effect. Uh, Zeman's ruling orders the state to reinstate the ban in the two critical habitat areas. A spokesperson for the state called the decision, quote, a little mind-boggling in its legal gymnastics. Patty Sullivan from the Department of Law. The entire point of regulations is that the agency has discretion to implement its programs within its statutory authority. And if you adopt a regulation, you should be able to determine when the regulation is no longer necessary. She added the department is evaluating the next step but plans on keep uh, to keep defending Fishing Gain's effort to repeal the ban. Okay, so let me let me go back here and uh, let me let me search in the wayback machine of my mind because I remember I'm part of the Homer communications group and these Facebook groups that are in Homer and stuff like that because I love Homer. You know, it's like I said, it's my adopted hometown. I would you know one day I'll probably be living in Homer, so I'm always kind of watching and paying attention to what's going on. And I remember when this thing first broke in late 2020. And and uh, there was a whole section of folks who were losing their ever loving mind over this lifting of the ban on personal watercraft. Like somehow this was akin to spilling out oil on the Ketchumac Bay and lighting it on fire like it was, you know, just the sky is falling. People were going to die. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Right. And I mean, I didn't say anything, but I'm reading this and I'm watching it. and I'm thinking, man, it's a little bit of an overreaction for a couple reasons. First of all, when they instituted the ban in the early 70s and going in through the 80s and the 90s, personal watercraft and we're talking specifically about jet skis, right, were a whole different critter than what they are today. Um, you know, th that they were. You know, loud. They were two-stroke. I mean, they were. You know, it. It. It's a thing. They. They were. They're totally different today. Jet skis, in fact. Um. I don't. The. The. Do they even make the stand-up jet skis anymore? I mean, personal watercraft now have become more of a larger, quiet, jet-driven four-stroke. I mean, it's totally different today than it was twenty years ago. 
Let's just put it that way. Even back to 99. Let's just say 20 years ago. Totally different than it was today. Um, and in fact, Sea-Doo even makes small boats and things like this that they still consider to be personal watercraft, even though they're a boat shape. You know, V-hull, you sit inside kind of thing. And so this whole idea of personal watercraft, while probably, you know, um, you know, maybe there was something to it back in the day when they were all two-stroke and they, you know, could be annoying mosquitoes on the water. I mean, I was raised in the summers at Harding Lake in Fairbanks where there were people down the way that that's all they did all day, all night was run the two-stroke jet skis. I mean, it was just a fact of life, right? I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, but the fact that these people are just so incensed that somebody, I mean, I guess my question is what's the difference between a Boston whaler with a diesel motor or outboard motors or, or a dinghy or a Zodiac or, uh, you know, or one of these personal watercraft now with a four stroke inboard jet powered. I mean, what's the difference? What What's the difference other than your I guess your your point of view, you're not in my backyard syndrome. I just don't want to look out on the thing and see boats on the water. I just don't want to hear the, you're never going to hear them. Again, they're no longer two-stroke, you know, screamers. They're, they're, it's a whole different, and again, the whole thing that got me was the quote from, according to the harbor master from Homer, Brian Hawkins, a handful of people have launched personal watercraft from the facilities over the last year. Why? Well, because the water is like slightly above freezing and there's not a whole lot of call for people to go out and do this. So what is the problem? You know, this is, again, a group of people who are just, they want to lock it up. They want to lock it all up. For what reason? I mean, no reason other than they believe they're right. That they believe somehow they're right. Now, maybe would I have agreed? Um, maybe would I have agreed with uh, with them back in the you know back in the day when they were two stroke screamers throwing blue smoke and and everything else? Maybe. Okay. It, it, but I mean, the difference between that and a modern day four stroke. I mean, yes, you can hear it, but it's you can't hear it from two miles away, right? I mean, your outboard motor on your boat is as loud as a jet ski, if not louder. So th this whole thing is just, I mean, we got the entirety. They're going to lock up the entirety of the Ketchumac Bay over something like this. I'm, uh, it, it, it just, it, it's mind boggling. You know, the, the, it's mind boggling. And, and, and it's not like there's not other two stroke motors still out there. They're just on boats that are a little larger, you know, a 17 foot craft instead of the smaller, what they call personal watercraft. They still got two strokes, run, but, uh, but because it's a little bit bigger boat, oh, they can't complain. I mean, they would complain if they could. They would complain if they could, but they can't. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I read this story and I was just like, my God, you people. I mean, again, technology changes. 
They want to like freeze it in amber. There's a difference between preservationists and conservationists. Preservationists just want to freeze everything in amber so they can sit back and enjoy it. Oh, it's ours. Look at how beautiful it is. Conservationists are like, we want to use it without wrecking it. And that, of course, is the main change here. All right. A couple more stories. We'll start talking about some of these weird Thanksgiving traditions and food. Oh, my God. Some of this stuff. I threw up in my mouth a little bit right now. All right. We're going to be back with more. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free-thinking radio. We return with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. I mean, is it me or is... Is it me or is it just always like, what the, what the hell? I mean, it, which comment is Chris Story going to squeal over, Jeannie? She said Chris Story is going to, going to squeal over this con- comment. I don't know what it is. Um, I sampled my Costco pecan pie. It may not make it to Thanksgiving dessert. My wife has uh, just made a pecan pie last night. It's sitting on the stove, and it was so hard not to carve into it this morning on the way by just to snitch a little bite. Um, there's an individual that has a cabin up in Bear Cove that's attempting to stop trolling for salmon because he does not want boats trolling in front of his cabin. <laughs> Homer is where Alaska houses its Karens and Kens, says Richard. I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily, I don't think that that's necessarily as strictly a Homer problem, but I mean, you know, boy, that Homer communications Facebook group, though, it does definitely get, there is definitely some, you know, we, the the internet's a wonderful thing, but it sure has created a position where people do get to say offensive things to each other without really facing the consequences of it. I mean, people say things in those groups, even using their real names. They say things online that they would not dare say to a person to their face. It's just, you know, it's just the loss of civility. They feel emboldened because they're, you know, 20 miles away behind a keyboard, you know, firewalled by the Internet. Because if they said that to somebody's face, you'd, you know, be punched out. It's just crazy. Bill says the same crybabies are running their old pieces of stuff, two strokes, oil spewing outboards over into the bays, Halibut Cove, Sadie Cove, Tutka Bay. These are the same people that bitched about the jet skis. I, exactly. There's still, I mean, what's the difference of three feet of water, of boat, Right. You get the 10 foot, the 10 foot jet ski or the 15 foot boat. And all of a sudden the boat is fine, but the jet ski or the, or the, the, the sea is not. 
even though the sea is a four stroke and your little boat is a two. I mean, it's it's uh, it's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, Cindy says she's curious about the environmental concern. There have been leaps and bounds with technological advancement. I, I mean, that's exactly it. The the difference in just the technology of the motors in the last 10 years is astonishing. Did they even have them in the 70s, says Kelly. I think the first jet ski came out in late 70, early 80, somewhere in there, late 79, 80, 81. Those are when they first came out. I, re- I mean, I remember them, you know. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, I did a few years living in the deep South, said Brian. Deep, deep South. Spent some time in the rural communities. Some of the stuff there was strange for, you know, uh, for Thanksgiving. Green bean casserole is better with cream of chicken soup. I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, try it with golden mushroom soup. That's also weird, but good. Um... Kelly says she has some things to say about politics. I mean, doesn't everybody, though, Kelly? Doesn't everybody have something to say about politics? I mean, just it is what it is. Um, all right. <laughs> oh. Oh, really? Uh, okay. One of the lead pushers of the jet ski ban is that crazy lady that tried to ram the seaplane with her boat because she doesn't want seaplanes in Halibut Cove. Yeah, I see that coming. All right. Well, we're gonna uh we're gonna get back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke show. Common sense, liberty based, uh, free thinking radio. Uh let's let's do this thing. Here we go. Okay, well, somebody from Homer just made the point in the chat room that one of the lead proponents of the jet ski ban, of putting it back in place, is the same crazy lady that tried to ram the seaplane with her boat. The lady that just got, it was in federal court and everything and got her license revoked and she was trying to ram the seaplane with her boat because she didn't want seaplanes in the Halibut Cove. Same kind of person, same kind of crazy, it's okay for me but nobody else should have it kind of idea i mean it's it's nuttier than squirrel poo man nuttier than squirrel poo um anyway i I just i find the whole thing just so outrageous um that you know it, it it it's it it's crazy um 
Denise says in the chat room this morning, she said, I got in here late today, but caught your conservationist preservationist comment, which for those of you just joining us, I said earlier, I said, there's a difference between conservationists and preservationists. They're using, they're saying that this law is about conservation. Preservationists want to have everything locked in amber. Nothing ever changes. All you do is view it from the outside and that's it. You just can't. Conservationists, uh, conservationists which is what I am, want to be able to use it with a minimal impact so that other people can use it in the future, right? That's the difference between conservationists and preservationists. She said uh, she grew up in northern Arizona. Sierra Club was always trying to shut things down. A friend just told me the places we'd go hiking are now closed unless you pay some adventure outfit a few hundred dollars. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we, we they, they just want to lock everybody out until just the few elites who can afford it can go in there and enjoy it. It's just the, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a mess down there. So anyway, the state's still going to fight this thing, which I think they should. But again, is this really an issue when the Harbor master says that there's only been a handful that have been unlaunched in the last year? Is this the big deal that they thought it was going to be? Did they think that there was a whole bay was going to be full of uh, sea doos and jet skis racing back and forth on each other? I, I just don't know. In other interesting news, down in Homer, uh, Raven, of course, ended a couple of its routes into Kenai at the end of October. Grant Aviation is picking up some of the slack. But Kenai Aviation also sees opportunity on its home turf. But that means that they are ending their service to Homer so essentially, I think the only does that mean that the only game in town is now Aleutian Air in Homer? If you want to fly out of Homer, now I've never flown into Homer. I've only driven uh, because I enjoy the drive. I mean, it's just it's I love that window time. I love that quiet or the you know. Um, but uh, Kenai Aviation is now focusing all its energy on the Kenai area, and said Aleutian Airways will pick up the Homer routes that they used to service. In a competitive agreement between the two airlines. So I don't, I guess Aleutian is the only, does Grant even go in there or is it just Aleutian? I don't know. But I mean, kind of a, you know, it, it just, you're a little more isolated than you used to be um, by air, which means I guess what, I guess who it really affects is the people who are, you know, working on the slope or who travel a lot for business or whatever. Now you got to make the four hour trip to Anchorage to uh, hit the airport <laughs> instead of uh, less having you, unless you have a, a quick hit coming out of the uh, Homer airport to, uh, to hop up there. But um, anyway, so that was another little, <clears throat> that was another little nugget for the people down in the uh, Homer areas. Um, do I even want to do this story? I, I, there's a there's a story on here about it's the oh woe is me story about the Matsu Borough School Board election, and all the candidates are speaking out about the hurtful vandalism and crude accusations, you know, about people vandalizing their signs and 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 calling them out on social media for all these things and. It's just so scary. Um, <clears throat> just there is just such a victim mentality in this whole deal. I mean, I ran for borough election 
in Fairbanks. Oh my God, it's been 15 years. That's kind of spooky. Dang, how did I get so old? But it was about, it was five years before I left Fairbanks and I've been down here for 10 years now. So 15 years ago. And yeah, people destroyed your signs. They poked holes at, they shot them with bullets. They spray painted. I had several of my signs destroyed because, uh, you know, I'm a public figure. I'm vocal about my beliefs. There were people that hated me. I mean, it's just how it was. People just hated. And I understood that. I didn't, you know, it was like, like I didn't take it personally. It was just one of those things. It was irritating, but it wasn't the end of the world. But Diane Scheib and Sidney Zoyus are both, you know, painted as the victims in this story by Carly Shrek over at KTUU, talking about how Scheib had people basically spray paint a bunch of her signs. Uh, they put, kid, instead of, uh, you know, her name is Scheib, they'd make it, they sprayed kid porn across the front of them. And, you know, I'm sure this had nothing to do with the fact that they were in favor of the whole gnarl, I, you know, LGBTQ, I mean, all, all that kind of stuff. I'm not advocating for it, and I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying people got, this is part of the problem with the divisiveness and the vitriol and the polarization we're seeing, is that the more fringe elements of both sides keep coming out, and those people who are more in the middle are like, you guys are all crazy, right? But to me, this is just... the. the it, this is not surprising. This is not shocking. What got me, though, was that, uh, you know, all these messages were sprayed out there and Ole Larson addressed the vandalism on his uh, on his Facebook page and and said, come on, people, stop vandalizing signs. I do not condone sign theft or vandalism towards any candidate signs, large or small. I know this holds true for other candidates. Please make sure to spread this around so it stops. If you know has done this or see something, please contact the police. This doesn't help anyone what it's done. And what was Scheib's response to that? Well, you should attack the perpetrators to the same degree that they are attacking the signs. So he should call the people who are tearing up the signs kitty porn thing? or I mean, I don't know. What does she want? He's out there making a public post saying, don't do that. But it's not enough. It's not enough. And then Zoyus, of course, who lost her camp, I mean, who lost her campaign against Kathy McCollum, said she had people leave voicemails on her phone, comments on her social media pages, accusing her of, of sexual grooming. And, you know, I mean, again, these are all the people that wouldn't take a stand on our stance on one way or the other. And so it left a lot of people to question what was going on. By the way, Scheib was the one that kept telling people she's a conservative. I mean, you know, so you got liars being liars. Uh, Zoyu said situation turned frightening after someone went so far as to post her family's address on social media. I mean, come on, you don't have Secret Service protection. It's not like it's that hard to find somebody's address in the state of Alaska. It happens all the time. I mean, this is like it was a threat, like you got outed or something. I I, I, uh, I just don't know. I, I just, they're painting these two as if they are victims. Then they bring in their their useful idiot, that's probably not right. That's not nice of me. I shouldn't say it like that. That's, I guess, useful idiot is not the. That's not what I should have said. 
Um, they brought in their malleable, <laughs> their their malleable stooge. Is that even better? I don't know if that's even better. Um, their mold moldable stocking. Anyway, they brought in the student representative on the Matsu school board. This uh, kid Ben Kalendo, who is the one that I you know tried to say I've got a voting right to vote on these things. You know, somebody whose minds full of mush have been filled by a bunch of nonsense from somebody, uh, you know, in the school or whatever. And they finish up the story talking about how the the district had made headlines by banning trans students from bathrooms, limiting the representation of the school board meetings and all this stuff. He said, he's quoted, the student rep Ben Colendo is student. He said, Larson and McCollum have both been difficult to work with as a student representative and that the board could use a fresh, fresh perspective. He said a lot of students were watching this particular election and the attacks against Scheib and Zoyu set a poor example of the democratic process. Dude, you, you, <laughs> this is like a David Hogg situation. Uh, you know, this, this whole thing, I mean, this whole story, just painting them, uh, just painting them as the, the full on victims. Like this was the reason that they lost. You lost because you lost in the competition for ideas. Your ideas were not embraced. Your values, your concerns, they were not embraced. People were not, they did not buy it. Had, you know, Yes, there are fringe elements out there, and this is what happened when the fringes get involved on both the left and the right that do stuff like this. And people like Ole Larson can call it out and say, hey, let's don't do that. That doesn't help anybody. That that's I don't support that. Call the police. And it's still not enough for you. You're not a victim. You're an adult. Put on your big girl panties or big boy pants and do what you just suck it up, buttercup. That's what happens. You know, you keep throwing out these fringe ideas and these. this is what's going to happen. Fringing stuff is going to come out. Don't be surprised when it does. Know that that's what's going to happen. I got attacked. 15 years ago, I got attacked. That it, You know, they destroyed signs. They called me names. They, you know, they posted on social media what a bigot I was or what a tyrant I was or what a moron I was. I mean, it, did, it hurt my feelings. Okay, I just the fact that KTUU actually even reported it must be a slow news day. It must be an absolute dragtastic slow news day. That's all I could say right now, because this makes no. And both both uh, Ole uh, Ole Larson and uh, and Kathy McCollum both declined to. Rep- you're not going to re- I'm not going to participate in this stupid article. Oh, well, I'm just, I have nothing to do with any of that. Why would I even if I was a candidate, why would I even No. I don't want to hear about your whiny, whiny, whiny self-pity party cuz you lost. Okay. Well, I think that's enough politics for today, don't you? Well, I mean, maybe you don't. I got the phone lines open, so if you want to participate, 907-433-3150. I guess you can drive it on that. We're going to talk about some other stuff coming up. The Michael Luke Show. Common Sense Radio.
running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh I'm going back over here to see what you guys are thinking. Um Smart thing to do is put wind power in Palmer and Valley, but we are Alaskans. I mean, even that's not Robert. That's it's not constant enough to create a lot of the problems. Chris said we had a guy in Soldovia that wanted no lights in the harbor because it caused light pollution. <laughs> what? What? I mean, oh, Raven is still in Homer. I thought Raven pulled out of Homer. Um, Kathy and Bill and Melody. Okay. All right. So again, I'm wrong. Guys, I've never flown into Homer. So it's, you know, uh, Gail said she saw this news story that I was just talking about in the news that it's a sniveling was pathetic. Donna says libs live to be victims. They are. I mean, too, the whole tone of this article is, I was so, <laughs> I was so I just can't believe it. And he didn't take a strong enough stand when he, when he came out and told people not to do that or he'd call the police. That was not a strong enough stand. And I was like, what do you want? You want him to threaten to go burn people's houses down? I mean, what do you, what, you know, <laughs> just no. <laughs> Holy cow. Did you, did you get your cat gutted and hung on your door no did you get shot at no a friend of my dad ran uh, of mine did run and did in our small town politics is ugly again none of that stuff is right folks but you know i expected it when you know it's yeah i i'm um yeah i don't even know what it what i'm gonna say Useless idiot, not useful idiot. <laughs> Who is David Hogg, said uh, Terry. David Hogg is the kid from Parkland who was not even there, apparently, at the time of the shooting, but then later went on to say he was a victim of the Parkland shooting at the high school and then became the face of the anti-gun movement. He's the, you know, 17, at the time he was a 17-year-old useful idiot that was being used by the anti-gun folks. Um. <clears throat> Uh, okay. Um, I've been called every name in the insult book, says Donna. Put on your big boy pants if you're in public service. Yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, uh, there we go. Uh, that's it. And, oh, yeah, David got a free Harvard education because he was such a, he was such a thing. Um, what was that? 
Shoot said, Gene, what was that, Kelly? Kelly's like, I had one of the libs that was running for office mention my name in an article in the Daily News about how awful I am, and I wasn't even running for office. I'm just a little activist. I, you know, exactly. But again, playing this victim card, like it was a fair fight and you guys lost. And not even, it wasn't even close. Those races weren't even close. <laughs> I mean, you got spanked. Both of them got spanked. And it's like, uh, I'm, I'm so bad about it. It hurt my feelings. I'm so sorry that it hurt your feelings. Here, show me on this doll where the internet hurt you. I mean, right? Right in the feels. Right in the feels is what it... <clears throat> There's a whole lot of whininess going on here. Anyway, I'll post this article up. You guys can make your own... Draw your own conclusions. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about this. And it's just... It's just... Too much. Matsu school board candidates speak out about campaign vandalism and crude accusations. Oh, help us all. Um, I just, I just don't even care. Uh, okay. Uh, phone lines are open. Um, what am I going to talk about next? I don't know. Somebody call up and let's talk about something. It's on you. It's on you, the listeners. There's 50 of you here in the chat room between Facebook and YouTube. Somebody call up and talk about something. I don't know what. <laughs> if you want to call up and talk about the the whininess of these, yeah, feel free. Feel absolutely free to do so. The one. Whiny, whiny. Boy, everybody's whiny. The jet ski people are whiny. The thing, the plane ticket are whiny. The it's all whininess. Okay. There we go. Why aren't you calling? That's my question right now. You. Why? <laughs> Okay. Well, it's uh, Wednesday, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I think I just did my last political story of the week. I, I just, I don't, do I, do I even care? Do you even care? No, not really. I just, I'm just astonished at the whininess of people. That's really what it came down to, the whininess of people. Uh, so we might do a firearm story. Oh, no, we got a phone line on hold. Okay, so somebody just called in. We got a phone line on hold. Um, so we'll talk about that. And, um, uh, you know, then maybe we'll do a little firearm stuff because there is no firearms Friday this week. Uh, but first, let's go over to the phones and we'll just we'll just get that done. Let's get let's take your phone calls to see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. It's Melody McCullough. How are you this morning? I am doing fine, Melody. How are you on this fine Matsu Valley day? 
I'm cold. I just got back from warm Denver, and I'm freezing my patooties off. Oh, it's only it's 20 <laughs> degrees warmer than it was yesterday or the day before. I mean, what are you complaining about? Come on. Uh, yeah, I was short sleeving it in Denver. I, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't even have to wear a jacket. It was so nice. But that's not the topic why I wanted to call. <laughs> All right. Well, hit me with I it. I saw something on Facebook today about the school board being sued. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I know everybody in the chat room probably can contribute about being sued or something like that for the book banning, the banning of the books that aren't being banned. Um, There's a big old... I saw it on Facebook somewhere this morning, and I was half asleep. So. Yeah, we talked about I, this. I yeah, we talked about this earlier in the week. The Northern Justice Project and the ACLU have filed a suit over okay. the banning over the banning of what they're calling the banning of fifty six different books. Some of which I'm yeah, that's I'm what I saw. Curious about. So anyway, go ahead. You have some thoughts on this? Um, I just I like I said I was out of town, so I didn't catch her. Um, your Monday show, uh, or your Tuesday, what, today was Wednesday, your Tuesday show. But I just wanted to know, you know, is this another just like whining about signs thing? Like, is this, can, do we take this seriously? I guess is what I'm asking. Is this something that needs to be taken seriously? Well, it's a lawsuit. So I would assume that, yes, you have to take it seriously uh, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, now you said it was a ban that wasn't a ban. So what do you what do you mean by what do you mean by that? I mean, have these books been well, removed from the kids' banning, library? Well, they're removing the books out of the elementary and middle school levels. However, these books are still in the public libraries. You can still buy them in bookstores. So if parents want their kids to read those types of books, knock yourself out. But from what I'm understanding, they're not being banned. They're being removed for age-appropriateness. So I do believe they will still be in the high schools, but not in the elementary or the middle schools. Well, I mean, I guess that, again, yeah, no, I mean, that would be make sense. I didn't understand some of the books that were on the list. the Lovely Bones uh, for was one, which is a which is a, a, a murder mystery. Uh, the uh, the Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse Five is on the list. I mean, I know it deals with some issues of World War Two and some, other, but I mean, I, some of the books I didn't understand. Some of them, yeah, I agree. But you know, it's like you have to kind of read between the lines, kind of thing, and you know, some of the books are maybe shouldn't be removed from those age levels. But as far as I can remember, when I was in high school, which was a long time ago, um, we read some pretty interesting books, but there was nothing with this type of pornography in it. I mean, like Romeo and Juliet and Lord of the Flies and sure. uh, some, other, sure. some of the other... Uh, what was the seagull one? Does anybody know? Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Most boring book I ever read in my life. It was a boring book. <laughs> I never actually finished that one. But yeah, look, you know, 
I, all I could say is by the time I was in high school, I was reading adult books, okay? I was reading very adult books that were right. big, thick, long, Shogun and, you know, John's Forsyth and all these big, thick books. I mean, I was reading all that stuff. I read, I read, I read Tom Clancy's Red Storm Rising when I was a, when I was a junior for freshman or junior in high school. You know, I mean, I was, I, I was reading at that level because I really enjoyed it. Not to say that I was into... What was the one book? Sex, the Uncensored Guide or something. That's not a book that should be in K through K through six, you know, libraries. So some of those I can understand. Right. But, you know, some of them I don't. The bottom line is I don't think this removed the band that they were talking about didn't remove any books from the public library. So if you're a parent and feel strongly about giving, no, your, you know, uh, by giving your kid the book to butt stuff or whatever, you know, that you want to if you want to go check it out for them and give it to them from the public library, go for it. But uh, I just don't know. Again, why I would be in the middle of this fight with my kids, I would just be like, nope, you're pluck them right out. I would just, they would not even be in that fight. There's no way that that would be going on. I understand that. But I don't think there's anything wrong with having those at the high school level, honestly. Um, Because by the time we hit high school, kids are already learning about the big outside world and and all these things, you know, obviously sure, I sure. Mean, times are really different than when my kids were growing up. Um, but I don't think that they should be in kindergarten, elementary, middle school. High school is more appropriate if the kids choose to, to read those books. Yeah. You know, and I do believe that's what's being done. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I agree. I think that, you know, there should be some stories, especially when you reach that high school level that challenge your ideas, that uh, maybe expose you to some things that to realize the world is not a fair place, that it's it can be shocking. The Kite Runner was one of the ones that they uh, that they are, have apparently banned, which, again, is a book that's got some very uh it's got some very difficult ideas. It does have a, a you know, violent, uh, I guess, a rape scene in it and some other things. I mean, that's a, you know, sure, it's tough, but you're right. I think older kids, you know, can face those kind of things better. Just none of this stuff should be in the in the young young kids' pockets as far as that goes. Uh, Melody, I got a couple more okay, lines 100%. on hold. I appreciate you calling in. Okay, Welcome. well, it's been nice chat with yep. you. Welcome back. Stay warm. Happy Thanksgiving to Thanks, you. Michael. Uh, let's go back over here to the phones to see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Carlene in Kodiak. Hello, Carlene. I'm really glad you brought up the topic of conservationists versus preservationists. And there's been a big change in Kodiak. Bonnie and North Pole probably wouldn't want to visit Kodiak again. Um, the Native corporations and people own the beaches now and the private people. I guess you can go to the waterline, but um, there are signs and there are security that, and then they charge you. You can go to these corporations and pay to camp there or spend the day there. But when I grew up here, I was born in Kodiak and raised here. My mother was a single woman with four kids and she would go and um, charge hot dogs and marshmallows and soda at City Market and take us and other kids that lived at the mission 
out for a picnic, would gather firewood. You can't do that anymore. You, I took a Chinese lady out the road, and we went as far as we could go, and then we just pulled over. You can't go on the beaches, and we just looked at the ocean. It's awfully pretty. And then um, when I was a young married woman, we would take the kids out to different places for picnics. Yeah. And our friends um, somehow would always find us and join us. And it was just, uh, they were people that we spent the holidays with, you know, right. Thanksgiving, Christmas, well, New Year's every year. That's the thing. They want to lock up, they want to lock up more and more of this stuff, Carlene. They want to, they want to lock up more and more of this stuff and give people, you know, stop people the ability of, of experiencing those kind of things, which is sad. Carlene, hold the line. We're out of time, folks. Hour two, dead ahead. Sorry, Carlene. I was up against the break there. I had to. Uh, I had to go real quick. Uh, you were saying. Uh, oh no, that's all right. Yeah. Final um, thoughts. I my friend you. and I went out the road, and uh, I wanted to lay on the sand, you know, to earth. And um, she said, "Come on, Carlene, let's get out of here." And I thought, "This is weird. I don't want to go out with her anymore." But I didn't know that things had changed while I was away. You know, I I thought her she was being weird. Yeah, no, she wasn't being weird. She was trying to protect you from being fined or arrested for trespassing. Uh, that's the that's the fact. All right, thank you, Carlene. I appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I hope you enjoy the holiday. Thanks for uh, coming on board. <clears throat> All right. <sighs> what are we? Uh, what are we going on here? Jerica said, uh, "Man, why? Oh, why? You know." Uh, why? Why? Um, I hate this. I absolutely, I absolutely hate this part where my stuff stops responding, so I can't post the uh, I can't post the comments for you guys to see. Uh, so let me fix that. Uh, let me fix that right. Let me fix that right now. Okay, there we go. Uh, Jerrica said, I read The Lovely Bones and Bag of Bones in ninth grade. I was always advanced in reading, but I didn't have a lot of guidance because neither of my parents were readers, so I didn't discover some of the greats until high school. Yeah, I mean, I was the same way. My English teacher was always like, I carried this book around with me. Whenever, whenever I'd get bored or something else, I mean, I'd just read the book. It was, that, that was my thing. That was my... Um, you know, it was, it was crazy, crazy. Um, those were nothing compared to the crank series by Ellen Hopkins cut or some of the other books I read in middle school. Um, she said, my dad encouraged me to read and didn't censor, but still monitored what I read. He actually encouraged me to read Ellen Hopkins as one of the reasons I chose never, ever to try drugs. I mean, yeah. If you could paint a picture that's, you know, gruesome enough for some of these kids, even kids will get it at some point. Uh, I remember when they put Playboy, said Mike, inside uh, inside a black plastic bag so kids could not see the cover photo. Hell, they used to cover up the Cosmo covers at, at the grocery stores. Remember that? They used to have placards over 
some of the things in the in the aisles. Yeah, it's it's a whole different it's a whole different day today, baby. Um all right. Um uh, Atna is doing that in the Eastern interior, says Brian, that he's talking about the native corporations taking control of the areas surrounding rivers and wetlands and oceans and stuff like that. I mean, I know I had a big conversation a few years ago about this on the Chattanooga where there was public access for years and people for years have been using it to go fish. And then one day they saw signs and there were security guards. You couldn't cross this native land anymore to get to the river. Um, that created some issues for sure um uh <laughs> my local librarian would not let me check out james bond when i was in second or third grade back then it took a village to raise kids right <laughs> no today that she'd probably hand you a book that said you know deborah has two mommies or whatever or you know the the uncensored guide to butt stuff or whatever and it'd be like great uh, two of my, oh, Denise says, two of my grandkids got caught reading under their desks in class. Hello, teacher. Step up the pace of your class. We were talking about this the other day that, you know, I mean, I was never, I was always an okay student, but I was never a great student in school. And in looking back and in hindsight, I realized it's because I was bored out of my mind. I learned more. I've never stopped learning. I'm always reading about something, trying to get more information, you know, learning about things that I'm interested in, things that I probably could never really fully grasp, like quantum mechanics. I have a fascination with quantum mechanics uh, and I have a rudimentary grasp of it as it is, but I love the concepts and the ideas behind it. I've never stopped learning about that. I've never stopped learning, period. Always trying to get more information, always trying to find something more. Um, and that just proved to me that it wasn't that I didn't love learning. It was just the, the way that they were doing it was boring me to tears. So irritating, so irritating to see that. I wish there had been some kind of homeschooling movement when I was younger. I wish there was the internet when I was younger. I could have had access to the whole brave new world of stuff that I mean, you know, things that, all of this stuff instantly at your fingertips, all this information, all these learning things. It's it's great. Um, yeah, parents should encourage their kids and take them to the local library. However, not all parents want their children to have access without their control. Just removing from elementary and middle schools. Public libraries will always be the main option. I agree. I agree. That's exactly what should happen. That's exactly how it should go. Um, you shouldn't put controversial material in school libraries, uh, you know, up until high school. If you want to put it in at high school, I figure by that time they should have a good grounding. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Tim says, I'm tired of learning. Well, you're green, you're growing, or you're ripe and you're rotten. One of the two, my friend. That's all I can say. If you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're rotten. So keep learning. That's what I'm saying. Keep learning. All right. Well, let's continue on. I've got one phone line on. Whoops. They dropped off. Phone lines are open. If you want to call in, feel free to do it. Here we go. Michael Luke Show. Common Sense Radio.
Oh, buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com, where you'll find everything, including the audio-only live stream, links to the podcast, which is available pretty much everywhere, including our favorite place, Spotify. If you want to listen to the podcast on Spotify, you can. And, of course, links to our social media sites on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, where we simulcast the radio show each and every day. we got just over 50 people here watching us this morning and joining us in the chat room. So feel free to come in and join the, all these uh, knuckleheads in the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> join all the people, the fine, fine people. My dad's in there too. Uh, in the uh, chat room to talk about all the different things that you want to talk about. Also, of course, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. So uh, come on in and, and join us. Today's the final day of broadcast for this week. We will be off tomorrow for Thanksgiving and on Friday, taking a much-deserved four-day weekend, if I do say so myself, and uh, going to just enjoy it. So today is the final day. Uh, we just finished up with politics. I guess um, the final comment, I got one line on hold. We're going to get to the caller here in just a second. Uh, but the one line we were just talking about, we were talking about schools and the books and the bans and the lawsuits and everything else. And Brian said, he kind of wins the internet with this comment for the day. Brian said, the funny irony is the librarian who claimed libraries should be safe spaces, least safe space that I can imagine. And I would agree. I would 100% agree that libraries for ideas are not necessarily safe spaces because you will find books there that challenge that challenge your ideas, that challenge your philosophy, that challenge your own baked-in biases. Now, they may change your mind or they may reinforce it, but the only way you're going to sharpen your mind is by being challenged. Libraries are, you know, libraries are bastions for that. So you're right. It's ironic that they call them safe spaces because they are not safe spaces. You will be challenged. And uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, a, a good – that's a good thing. Absolutely a good thing. Uh, no, Mike Shower today, not uh, him. He got in last night about midnight. I got a text, and, and he's, he's beat. He's wiped out. So he's not going to be joining us today, and we're going to uh, we'll, we'll see him next week. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see him next week. Meanwhile, phone lines are open. We're going to talk about some weird Thanksgiving traditions and more weird Thanksgiving food. I mean, some of this stuff is so just no, 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 no. Some not so weird, but we'll talk about that here in a minute. Let's see what you have to say. 
out on the phone lines at 907-433-3150. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Good morning, Randall. What is on your mind, sir? Well, I was starting to wonder about pigeons. I was wondering where all are they? They taste um, horrible. Here in Fairbanks, we have pigeons, but I don't think we always had pigeons. Somebody brought them up, and I remember a lady who used to call the radio talk shows here in Fairbanks named B.J. Lehman, and she uh, would adopt dogs and things like that. But uh, uh, she complained against pe- some whoever it was that originally brought a pair of pigeons up to Fairbanks because she felt that pigeons suffer up here in the in the uh, frigid cold of Fairbanks. Uh, they probably do a little bit, or some of them, I imagine. But it got me to wondering, since pigeons are not indigenous to Alaska, do all communities in Alaska have pigeons? For instance, <clears throat> I uh, asked on the chat room yesterday, I think, you know, are there any in Wasilla? And somebody answered that yes, and that they're everywhere in every town. I don't know if that's true or not. I just now uh, asked in the chat room, are they in Homer? And I know you've been around a lot of different places. <clears throat> Maybe <clears throat> now some people may not even pay attention to pigeons. Uh, some people are tuned in to <laughs> whether they're there or not. But have you seen a, towns with no pigeons? Um, you know, I don't recall. I know that there's been pigeons in Fairbanks. I have seen some pigeons down here in Anchorage. I don't know if there's pigeons in Homer. Um, but I imagine probably since it's more temperate for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, the pigeons, you know, it's like, it's like rats, right? Rats probably weren't in a lot of these places. And then later on we got rats or mice or, you know, cockroaches. I didn't think that there was cockroaches in Alaska until I found, I saw an infestation one time in Fairbanks and they, they weren't native. Obviously they'd gotten trucked up in a box or something and, and they start. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it happens, unfortunately, um, and, uh, yeah, I imagine pigeons don't fare as well in the super cold climates of Fairbanks as they do maybe down in Homer, but I imagine that there's probably, uh, I imagine that there's probably, uh, pigeons, uh, everywhere at this point. Yeah, <clears throat> well, they, they certainly seem to fare well here, here. I don't know if they suffer or die out or in the winter or not, but there's sure tons of them, you know, and they do live through the winter. And I imagine they've kind of evolved here over the generations of pigeons here in Fairbanks. Probably only the hardy birds survive, and we got real hardy uh, breed of pigeon up here. The reason I'm interested is because I recently adopted a pigeon because I saw <clears throat> an injured one that a raven was going after. It had a hurt leg, but anyway, I shoot away the raven and got the pigeon. And now I'm, uh, I've got this pigeon until its leg heals. I took it to the vet last Thursday, and the vet told me, no, no, the leg is not broken, but there is something wrong with the leg. So anyway, uh, that's why I'm interested in pigeons, especially at this moment. Uh, okay, well, just, so, don't, just, just, just don't go all Nikola Tesla on me, okay, um, with that, Randy. I don't know if you know Nikola Tesla, the, the genius inventor. Um, he fell in love with a pigeon and, and died uh, at the, at the end of his life. It was just him and his pigeon. So don't, don't, don't get all reclusive on me and fall in love with your pigeon. Okay. Oh, I won't. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Randy. I appreciate the call. I mean, okay. it really, it really is whatever Wednesday. I mean, whatever you want to talk about, whether it's pit. I mean, somebody said that they hadn't seen it. Who Jeannie said she hadn't seen any pigeons. I've seen a few pigeons. It's not like it's an epidemic or anything. Seagulls. 
Seagulls are the <laughs> you cannot the building that uh, the my radio stations in fair in uh, in Anchorage, um, <laughs> the seagulls there uh, they use the roofs to nest uh, for spring, and man they will those are some of the most vicious birds. They will swoop. They will attack you. Both those seagulls are. When I brought my, when I had Ruger, this is two years ago, two and a half years ago, and he would walk from the car to the office. One time, he he got attacked by seagulls. Like they swooped down on him, like right at ground level, trying to uh, to attack him. I mean, they they are they are vicious, vicious, <laughs> vicious. I'm just like. I wonder if uh, somebody would be mad at me if I shot a bunch of these seagulls. <laughs> yes, they would be mad at you. There's a newsflash. They would be mad at you. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, uh, pigeons, I, I guess pigeons don't taste great either. I mean, they're okay, but they're not like, you know, I guess you'll eat anything if you're hungry. But uh, pigeons definitely don't make uh, don't make uh, uh, great meals. That's for sure. Let's talk about great meals. Let's let's talk about um, uh, some of the vintage side dishes that nobody makes anymore. Um, there are some weird ones that I have never, never, ever heard of. Now, <clears throat> one is turkey leftovers that were turned into aspic. Now, aspic is, of course, gelatin, right? That's the gelatin where they would take a gelatin became popular as a foundation for meals during the 30s after the Great Depression, um, thanks to the fact that it was inexpensive and it was a good source of protein, right? Um, according to the Oxford Encyclopedia of Food and Drink in America, close to one third of all cookbook recipes after the 30s were gelatin based <laughs> which is just i mean turkey jello where you throw all the things into a into a bowl uh, you put gelatin in there non-flavored gelatin and you and you throw all the turkey bits in there and that's your meal that's just i mean i i don't mind jello but that's just weird okay that's just weird YouTuber and vintage recipe enthusiast Miss Semi-Sweet tried a vintage Thanksgiving recipe Jello recipe from 1975 uh, in a cookbook. The recipe was called Carefree Cooking with Aluminum Foil. The recipe called for turkey, frozen vegetables, cream of celery soup, and ranch, and ranch dressing mixed with the gelatin. <laughs> Just, okay. Uh, she said, I'm not going to say that it's horrible. But I probably would not eat this again. But it's not the worst thing I've ever had. I'm just thinking, what? The other thing is like savory jello. Who the who the heck thought that that was a good idea? Jello salads were popular in the 50s and 60s. Jello dishes with radishes, scallions, and a few tablespoons of vinegar wouldn't have been out of or out of the ordinary. Um, I mean, just why, why would you, that's just, I never understood that. I never understood that. 
Um, they go on to talk about a, a fruity jello loaf called the spring basket dessert. Now that doesn't sound bad. It, uh, it was, it was fruity jello with chunks of fruit inside. I mean, that's not, that's, you know, I guess I can, under, I guess it's my brain trying to wrap around the idea of jello being sweet and then putting salty, savory. I mean, so, you know, savory and sweet are, are great flavor contrasters, but scallions, little green onions and radishes in jello, that is just weird. Um, here was another one that I'd never heard of. Uh, served on occasions, hot Dr. Pepper. Ha! In a 1968 advertisement, Dr. Pepper reminds and recommends serving steaming hot Dr. Pepper over lemon slices. That was something that they they made for 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 the Thanksgiving season. They recommended it as a Thanksgiving drink, piping hot Dr. Pepper over lemon slices. Now. The per the serious eats, the drink was concocted by the Dr. Pepper Company in the 60s to keep profits strong during the holiday season when sales of cold soda pop plummeted. So I could see that. But at the same time, I don't know. Dr. Pepper is one of those things that you probably could drink warm and it would still be. But I don't hot Dr. Hot Dr. Pepper. That's uh, that's just weird. And then Hellman's Mayonnaise released a compilation of vintage advertisements and recipes to celebrate its 100th year in 2013. One of those delicacies was something called Cranberry Surprise, a holiday side dish that blends the tartness of cranberries with the delicate creaminess of Hellman's Mayonnaise with an extra dollop of Hellman's on top of it. So it looks like it's a jello with cranberries and mayonnaise, and then you put a dollop of fresh mayonnaise on top. I mean, I like mayonnaise, don't get me wrong, but a mayonnaise and cranberry with more mayonnaise on top, there is something seriously wrong with people. Who thought that was a good idea, right? Oh, there's a couple more. There is a couple more, but I don't have time to get into it right this second, so we'll save that for the other side. Plus... Some of the weirdest, weirdest Thanksgiving traditions that I still don't understand. We'll continue that here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Phone lines are open if you want to give us your weirdest recipe or tradition for the holidays. Thanksgiving specifically. I'd love to hear it. We're going to continue with more here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Okay. Uh... <laughs> I've just... Uh, Jello dishes with hot dogs and spaghetti. Oh my! Well, that's just oh man. We still eat fluff," said Denise. 
Jello, cottage cheese, and pineapple. Okay, the Jello and the pineapple, I'm down with. But when you put cottage cheese in it, that gets so weird for me. So freaking weird. It's just so, I mean, oh, man. It is, oh, man. It's it's just crazy, crazy. Um, Tawny says, I'm glad I'm only on coffee right now. 90-pound fruitcake from Grandma, says Dick. You know, I got to tell you, I actually love fruitcake. I know some people are like, you know, that dense kind of doorstoppy fruitcake. I actually like fruitcake. I just don't know. Um, how about ketchup on ice cream? Are you the what? The huh? Oof. Um. Yeah, I know squab is. A, I've never eaten a pigeon, but you know, and I know they make meals out of it and stuff like that. But you know, uh, spaghettio chocolate cake. Okay, now I'm now I'm intrigued. Chocolate can cover a variety of sins. So I mean, I've had mayonnaise chocolate. I've had chocolate cake made with Miracle Whip, which is delicious, by the way. Um, but you know. Uh, my mom likes to eat what? <laughs> Kelly says, my mom likes to eat onions and a glass of buttermilk. Ooh, why don't you just have a greasy pork sandwich served in a dirty ashtray? I'm just asking. Oh, dang. Um, oh, Dr. Pepper. Um, I was served a dish in Florida. That was a halved pear on a bed of lettuce with mayo in the middle of the pear. I literally just felt my stomach flip a little bit over that one. That I love all those things, but not together. Peanut butter and mustard. That would be interesting. Uh, Eskimo Libertarian says she likes to do a little bit of a Thanksgiving boil. Uh, seafood boil. Which is, again, that's more traditional. They didn't really do too much with turkeys, but they did a lot with lobsters because lobsters was the poor man food back in the day. That was the poor man's food. Oh, man. Um, David said, I wonder what the Donner Party had for Thanksgiving. I think the Donner Party had a little manburger helper. That's what I think that they had. <laughs> I love fruitcake. Everybody loves fruitcake. I think that's like the bad joke is that everybody loves fruitcake and they just make fun of it. I don't know why. I, I, fruitcake is delicious. Um, My folks' favorite nighttime snack was a glass of milk with cornbread and a little honey. That's my dad. My dad loves that. He'll take a big chunk of cornbread and put it in a glass and then eat it with a spoon. It's like, it is, and it's delicious. It's delicious. Um. Pigeon stew, dill pickles and peanut butter. Not a bad combo. I've had that. Um, <laughs> I hate fruitcakes, says Chris. Fruitcake is freaking gross. Um, Leela said, I've had fruitcake that earned its reputation for being a doorstop, but I've also had good fruitcake. The baker had the good sense to call it something else so people would give it a try. Again, I will try any fruitcake. I've had those ones that they used to send in the mail. Remember, they'd send it in the mail. It was in the tin, and it had been there for a year or whatever. 
It's good. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's it, you know. Here we go. Uh, we're going to jump back into it. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. I mean, I'm, I'm ready. We're going to continue on with some of these weird side dishes that you've never heard of that are just God. God, please stop me now. Here we go. Uh, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's, uh, let's do this thing. Okay, um, phone lines are open. If you, well, I got, I got some of the grossest listeners in the chat room right now. They're telling me some of their old, I mean, just nine zero seven four three three thirty one fifty. Tell me something that your parents used to make that just would turn your stomach. Um, what was some of the ones that we heard? Peanut butter and mustard. That's uh, weird. My mom used to like eating onions in a glass of buttermilk. Oh, man, curdled milk. That sounds delicious. Um, what else? Jello dishes with hot dogs and SpaghettiOs, which, again, this Jello thing. I do not understand this Jello thing at all. I mean, that, that, that's, just, that's just weird. Um... Denise says, we still eat fluff, which is jello, cottage cheese, and pineapple. The idea of putting cottage cheese in jello is still so alien to me in so many ways. Now, I've had fruit in cottage cheese, which again is still weird because the cheese is semi savory. And then you get the fruit in there, so you get the sweet and savory, but it's weird. But then you add the jello to it. And it's just, I mean, there's certain uses for jello, right? And that's just, to me, that's just not one of those. That's just not one of those regions. Then Herder went all out and was talking about ketchup on ice cream. And I'm just like, you might actually want to have yourself checked for that. Because what? What? Peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. I actually had my stomach flip a little bit when that one was going on. Uh, Eskimo Libertarians in the chat room, she said she does a seafood boil for Thanksgiving, which is, that's actually more traditional. The the, the estimates that are that uh, while there was probably some turkeys and some wild game at Thanksgiving, that there was probably also a lot of lobster because that was the poor man's food. That was the poor man's food. Um, so that's the, that's the, uh, that's the thing to do. Um, Oh man, my dad would fly would fry bologna, bologna and uh, barbecue sauce, then add mayo. Well, I can't see that being bad. That that would actually be good. Fried bologna is actually pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, my grandma used to make pistachio jello with cottage cheese and pineapple. You guys are sick. There's just something. There's just something bad wrong with you people. Just something bad, bad, bad wrong. Um, over at Metro.com, they've got a, a 10 weird American Thanksgiving foods. This is Metro.uk. I'm sorry. It's the UK. 
And they're looking at some of the things that we cook for Thanksgiving that obviously makes their heads explode. And I'm with you on that. There are some weird things that we have cooked in the thing. Uh, although they start off with sweet potato and marshmallow bake, which is not weird. That's kind of a staple. Uh, I mean, my folks made that. Terry's folks made that. Every, I mean, sweet potatoes with marshmallows melted on top. That's Isn't that – is it me? Now, I don't like sweet potatoes to begin with, so I never eat it. But I think she's probably made that every year that we've – for the last 30 years. So I don't think that's necessarily a weird um, – a weird thing, but, uh, you know, just sugar, you know, sweet, you know, sweet potatoes with marshmallows melted on top. That's not a bad thing. But then they go to talk about this thing, which is called frog eyed salad, frog eye salad, um, which I, it, it just, it looks, it looks odd. That I mean, this is apparently one of those weird traditional foods that I've never I've never heard about it. Uh, it's from a Thanksgiving cookbook uh, back in the day, 1912, frog eye salad, uh, which apparently is made up of uh, a combination of pasta, fruit, marshmallow, and cream. It's like a dish that couldn't decide whether it was going to be sweet or savory. Uh, I recommend the cheese bladder instead. That's for sure. Now, ambrosia salad, I think that's also probably a fairly popular one. But the question is, you know, you know, first of all, the base elements are good. You got canned fruit, you got mini marshmallows, you got some other things. But then you whip in like mayonnaise or sour cream or sometimes even whipped cream or cottage cheese. And at some point, I'm just like, no. Just no, just ab, just no. Why would you do that? Jello salads the same way, unless it's filled with fruit. I do not want to eat meat in my Jello unless it's coming out of a spam can. In which case, I expect a little Jello or gelatin to be on the outside of the spam. But why? Oh, why would you put meat and crunchy vegetables and onions and radishes into a chunk of jello. I just I just don't understand. Um turkeys roasted with anchovies. This that's <laughs> this was apparently something that uh, uh it, you know that's apparently something that is good. Um Mississippi Bay chef Regina Charbonneau is recommending an alternative covering the bird with anchovy fillets before baking. The fish apparently melts and bastes the bird and leaves no trace when the cooking is done. Um, now, this is something that is, you know, I I don't know why this would necessarily be bad. When it comes to traditional British roast dinner, cranberry soft is served with turkey while horseradish is sauce is dolloped on roast beef. What do you do with a tart and punchy combination of the two? Um, if you want a cranberry sauce and and uh, and horseradish, apparently it's good for roast pork. That doesn't sound bad. The spicy and sweet, that doesn't sound bad at all. But the weirdest, the most bizarre, the most, I, why in who, why the abomination, the actual abomination of this recipe from um, apparently the 1970s, 
is called ham and banana casserole. <laughs> this it's ham and banana casserole. It involves a creamy concoction of banana and cream cheese and then ham and then you wrap the ham around the bananas and put it in the concoction and you bake it. And it's great for breakfast the morning after Thanksgiving or the morning after you died, apparently. It's great for that because you won't have to eat it. Ham and banana, the, the, I, I, I have nothing. I have nothing for that. That is the most bizarre thing that I have actually uh, – this came out of the mid-century menu. This was a McCall's casserole book. Um, bananas wrapped in mustard slathered ham covered in cheese sauce. That's the, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. What, what, why, why would you, why would you even, um, it, it's bad. It's really bad. It's disgusting. It's the, like the thing. Anyway. So that's just another recipe that you can try. If you want that recipe, I'll actually post that recipe in the chat room. Just because somebody out there is a glutton for punishment and wants to, um, you know, wants to give it a try. I'll just post that recipe up there. The mid-century menu ham and banana casserole. I don't know why. Why Why would you? Um. All right. So that. <laughs> And nobody, nobody else is calling up with their weird, uh, with their weird recipes. Uh, you know, I, I can guarantee you that almost all of the weirdest recipes you've ever had um, probably include Jello in them. That's all I can say. The weirdest, most bizarre holiday recipes almost always include Jello. That's that's the bottom line. Which again, in and of itself, Jello is a fantastic treat. You know, parfaits and things you could do and it make other stuff and jello pudding is amazing. But um <clears throat> jello with savory stuff just needs to die in a fire. There just needs to you just kill it with fire. That's it. There should be no more of that stuff. Um the only jello with meat that I want to eat comes out of a spam can. That's all I could say right now, for sure, for sure. Okay, what else have we got here? 32. No, we're not going to do that one yet. Um here we go. Uh the weirdest the weirdest Thanksgiving traditions ever. The weirdest th I was going to do this whole story because there's a story over in Good Housekeeping um that no, this isn't the story. Where's the where it was from the Nation. Um I must have closed it because I was so pissed about it. Uh, it's a story about, you know, uh, have you noticed the last three or four years how Thanksgiving has now become anathema? And somehow by celebrating Thanksgiving, we're basically giving a, a nod to the genocide of, 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 of the Indian nations. That's that's the that's the theme. Just you just Google it right now. You can find it. You know, the, the story behind Thanksgiving and the first Thanksgiving and how it wasn't all peace and harmony. And it was all leading to the genocide of people and the Wampanaga tribe uh, and uh, uh, and 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 the it's genocide. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, you celebrate genocide is essentially the the whole theme of it. I was going to do a whole rant on this and decided. Uh, no, 
That's it. I just told you what my rant was going to be. How stupid that that I mean, 400 years ago. And there's still, now, yes, was it horrible? I'm sure it was horrible. Was there genocide? I I think there was war. I don't think it was genocide. But, you know, hey, uh, you know, what a potato, potato. But it was 400. The one comment in this story on the nation that got me was, you know, that we're still suffering the trauma of that first Thanksgiving. We're still suffering. It was 400 years ago. Show me a person that's still suffering the trauma from something that happened 400 years ago in history. That one single event is now. Con- Shut up. Um, okay. Um, so. <laughs> So I got one final segment here coming up, and we're going to do the weirdest Thanksgiving traditions ever. Um, and that's it's just where we're going to go. We're just we're just going to go. So I'm going to be back. <clears throat> the Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Liberty Base Free Thinking Radio. Uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. If you want to come in and be part of the chat room. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. We'll return to more right after this. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um, gun stories. You know what? I didn't even get to the gun stories, Brian. I was going to, but you know, I'm just, I, I'm okay. I'm just okay for today. Jello made with tomato sauce. Yuck. Lemon aspic with shrimp. You know, I'd actually try that. Uh, I'm, I might actually try that just to see what it was like. Um, that's something that, that, that I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That might be something that I would actually try. Banana and peanut butter. Oh man, that is, that, that is, that is the bomb right there. I used to take a, my dad did it and I, I've done it too. You just take a banana and slice it in half and slather peanut butter in between the two halves and mash it back together like a banana sandwich. It, they're delicious, delicious, creamy peanut butter in there. Oof. Terry says she can't even tolerate the smell of spam. That's just anti-American, Terry. I'm just going to say, that's anti-American. Spam in small doses is delicious. (laughs) Very small doses. (laughs) Jill said, when I was young, neighbor kids liked to eat peanut butter and mustard sandwiches. That's just weird, you know. Um, went to an Athabascan's friend's house for Thanksgiving and they had a moosehead soup raised in a restaurant. So I ate it. It wasn't horrible, but there were eyeballs. Yeah. I mean, I've eaten it. I've been to a, to a native potluck and they have some foods that are definitely outside the mainstream. Let's just put it that way. Um, 
Spam boiled with baked spam boiled with potatoes is great when you dress it like baked potatoes. Huh. Oh, that's interesting. Um, <clears throat> um Athabascan. Um uh we also do maraschino cherry cream cheese stuffed celery. Uh that's kind of weird. Um, but you know, um we get what was that? We got a spam call when somebody mentioned spam. Got a spam call when somebody mentioned spam, said Teresa. Um Okay. Pork and bean sandwiches with my leftovers, says Chris. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, have I ever seen the YouTubular thing with Brendan Herrera trying to buy guns at a at a gun back event? I haven't, but I have watched Herrera. He's pretty funny. That guy is pretty funny. Um, um, it it you know, it was great. Uh, the tribe at the first Thanksgiving did make a treaty with the pilgrims that decades later led to war with another tribe. Yes, it it did. But they did make the treaty to begin with. And then the treaty fell apart after the chief died and his son took over. And then disease started to ravage it. And then it turned into the King George War. And it was a whole thing. But again, genocide. I mean, that's just if you like Thanksgiving, you celebrate genocide, which is just the most non-starter argument I've ever heard. Spam and pineapple sandwich? Mm, that's ham and pineapple. It's like a pineapple pizza. I wouldn't say, I mean, I would try that out. I would try it out. Moose tongue sandwich? Oh, so good. Moose tongue? Mmm. Little spicy mustard? Oh, haven't had a moose tongue sandwich in years. So delicious. Oh, man. Do you know what spam is made of? Meat. Some kind of meat. I don't need to know. It's like a hot dog. I don't need to know what's in a hot dog. I enjoy hot dogs. It, it is what it is, you know? I mean, do you know what's in spam? You know, I just, you know. Um, who doesn't rinse the soap off their dishes? I'm, what? The Sometimes the most random comments just catch, just catch me. Just catch me. I have no idea who doesn't rinse the soap off their dishes. Uh, but, uh, you know, there you go. Um, okay. <clears throat> oh, man. I just, I just don't have anything to say. I don't have anything to say. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just scrolling through some of the, uh, scrolling through some of the things here that I'm about to talk about. That ham and banana casserole, though, the pictures on the guy's face at the end of that article, when you look at it and he eats it and he's like, uh, it's, 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 uh, the look on this guy's face, like he just lost his will to live. You should follow that link just to look at the pictures because at some point you're like, what the, what? That's, that's horrific. Okay, um, here we go. Jumping back into it. The Michael Dukes Common Sense Liberty-Based Free-Thinking Radio.
Okay. Um, I would uh, welcome, welcome you back. Welcome you back. Um, we're uh, we're back here. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Um, thanks for coming on board. The final segment of today's show. Um, we're getting ready to uh, to dive into it. Um, and jump. Bill just said he's eating a toasted jalapeno cheddar bagel with peanut butter on it as we speak. You know, that doesn't really sound that bad, Bill. Nothing like the mustard ham wrapping a banana covered in banana and cheese sauce. That just sounds... I mean, you know, a little just just weird. Just, But, uh, you know, peanut butter on a toasted jalapeno cheddar bagel, bagel? I think I could choke that down. I think that wouldn't be too bad. Um, so this is the final segment for today and the final segment for this week. I am off tomorrow for Thanksgiving and the day after, and, uh, we'll be back next Monday to start the madness all over again. Only this time we'll be on the countdown towards Christmas, which I want to remind you that I will be on vacation for, um, well, for the entire time from Christmas through New Year's. And in fact, I will probably be off uh, a few days before that. I'll probably be off on the 21st, starting the 21st, which is a Thursday. So it'll be a short week uh, on the week of the 18th. So I'm just giving you the heads up. I will be off for probably a week or a little bit more, depending on what my vacation looks like and what we're doing and what the plans are. But um, it is... uh, it is a, a a good heads up. Just let you know. So we're on the we're on the countdown from there. But we are literally at this point, just over thirty days thirty days from Christmas. I hope you've I I hope you've done all your chopping and you are or at least got a good handle on it and are starting to get starting to get there. Yeah, we're you know it's one of those things. Okay, so today uh, we've just been chit chatting. We've been talking about some of the most horrific. Thanksgiving recipes you've never heard of, um, and there are some truly bad ones. I will still hold to the fact that probably 70% of the horrible holiday recipes that you've heard of probably all involve some aspect of jello or gelatin. There's just, there's, to me, there is nothing that I know. There's just no, there's just nothing that is, it's not something that, uh, that you should, you know, Jello belongs. Jello belongs with whipped cream and fruit. That's about it for me. Everything else is just way too weird, and uh, I don't know what to say to it. But there are some interesting Thanksgiving traditions that you may or may not have heard about. Uh, some of them you have. Some of them I can't even. I just I can't identify with them because uh, you know it's it's outside my range of experience or my interest set. Uh, so the unusual Thanksgiving traditions are common on the U.S. Here's some of these that are pretty, uh, pretty traditional for some of you anyway. Um, one of them is bow hunting to catch dinner. Um, many families prefer to catch their dinner fresh on the morning of Thanksgiving. Popular tradition is for the men of the family to head out early on Thanksgiving day to shoot a turkey. 
usually with a bow and arrow, but more recently rifles have become the weapon of choice. While the men are out hunting, the women are usually staying home to prepare other dishes for dinner. Hunting is seen as a means to bond with children. Older men pass down the knowledge from the previous generation to the next. It's restricted in many places, and many families opt out of it for the convenience of a defeathered and cleaned turkey. That is, if you have a... I mean, I live in Alaska. I was born and raised in Alaska, right? No turkeys up here. So we never really did that. We went hunting for our turkey like normal people at the store. That's, you know... But, uh, hey, you know, whatever. Another weird tradition is the national pardoning of the turkey. I mean, I just, I never understood. That. Why would you, why would you pardon a turkey? Why would you, what, I mean, I know it's lighthearted and, it, you know, one of those things, but presidents have been pardoning turkeys since the 40s. It's a televised ceremony. The president is presented with a live domestic turkey, which he pardons. And then the turkey is sent to live out its life uh, at Mount Vernon, the former estate of President George Washington as opposed to ending up on the dinner table. Great job. Great job. The other ones, they die. The other ones die. They give him some turkeys, and he's like, this one's the one that I pardon. And the rest of them, they just go die. Turkey bowling. <laughs> Turkey bowling. This is a tradition. This started back, apparently, in 1988 at Lucky's Grocery Store in Newport Beach where they would set up soda bottles or water bottles as makeshift pins and they would you bowl a frozen turkey it started in the actual alleys the actual aisles of the store that's where they first do it but now they do it all over the place where you're bowling turkey bowling it's a thing which of course reminds me of the WKRP in Cincinnati thing where they they were doing the turkey drop and they started dropping frozen turkeys from the sky and then they threw a live turkey out, and he says, as God is my witness, I thought that turkeys could fly as the t- <laughs> um, One of the other uh, big things, of course, the turducken has now become a tradition for many people. For those of you who don't know what a turducken is, it's a deboned chicken stuffed inside of a deboned duck, which is then stuffed inside of a deboned turkey. It's like the Thanksgiving version of Inception. It's inside of an inside of an inside. And apparently it's delicious. I mean, come on, three different kinds of meat. How could that not be delicious? Absolutely delicious. Uh, At Northern Technical High School in Florissant, Missouri, Thanksgiving marks an annual pie throwing event where students get to launch pies at the faculty and the administration. I could get into that. Could you imagine lining up the legislators and the and the governor and all of his administrators to throw pies at? Yes, I think we could do that. You know, I think that that would that. Yes, it's it's crazy. Um, what was the was the other unusual uh, carving the turkey? Obviously, is an American tradition. Although I just think somebody's got to do it. Um, the wishbone where you take the wishbone and you dry it out from the year before and you split the wishbone. That's a big deal. Uh, Watching the Macy's Day Parade. I never understood the fascination with the Macy's Day Parade. Never to this day can I understand. I mean, it's got millions of viewers. Somebody one day said, let's put this parade on TV and see if people watch it. And it's a three-hour 
Why would you watch the? I just don't even. No, I don't understand. I don't understand. The other thing I don't understand, which I you know, forgive me, because many of you are all about this, is the football. The watching the football on the TV. Why would the? You know, I don't. I don't understand. I mean, I understand sports intellectually. I just don't understand the appeal of watching other people. You know, occasionally something will catch my eye, but I just don't see the fervor that comes behind it. Uh, I, I, maybe it's a, maybe it's an Alaska thing, just not being exposed to it, not playing much on. I played on track and field. I played a little hockey in in college, but I mean that was that was it. I mean, I just I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe it's just not me. Um, a common practice in the U.S. is to decorate your house for Christmas on Thanksgiving or the day after. Which we've done in the past. We we don't normally get that head early a start on it, but we've done that in the past. It, it, you get to decorate the house as a family. That's a kind of a, a cool deal. Um, the Black Friday thing. I don't understand Black Friday either. Who thought that was a good idea? We'll start these sales the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, I think it's it's kind of because it's the official kickoff to the Christmas season. And so that's the day that they started their sales. But it became this kind of marathon, dog-eat-dog, Lord of the Flies event where, you know, everybody gets up now at 4 o'clock in the morning to go, you know, <clears throat> I, I just, I don't, I don't, I never understood that either. Either you've already started or you're going to start later. I am definitely not going to go out and do combat shopping with a bunch of other people the day after I just relaxed and had my turkey dinner and did all that. There's just no way. There is just no way. And finally, making a delicious sandwich of the leftovers. People have been hitting us with their leftover family or leftover recipes here as well, which I think is fantastic. Again, we've got our sandwich that we call the Dickens which is absolutely delicious. Uh, we've talked about making sandwiches with the extra stuffing. Like, first of all, who has stuffing left over? Uh, you, you guys are definitely not. I must be an overachiever because we hardly ever have any stuffing left over. In fact, my wife ends up making two batches of stuffing, so we still have stuffing for leftovers. Um, but you take the leftover stuffing and you put it in a waffle grill or a panini press or whatever, and you make a – you crunch – you know, you – Cook it down till it's like a, a piece of bread. And then you make the turkey sandwich on the stuffing bread. <laughs> My mouth is watering just a little bit right now with a little bit of cranberry sauce, a little bit of Havarti cheese, maybe a little bit of green bean casserole on there and some turkey. Sounds just delicious, doesn't it? Oh, so good. Making delicious leftover sandwiches. There's a ton of different recipes, including quesadillas, casseroles, sandwiches, sliders. I mean, just don't do it with the aspic, okay? Do not do it with gelatin. That was do not throw all your leftovers into a jello mold and pour non-flavored. Just don't do that. Turkey tetrazzini is a perfect example of what to do with leftover turkey from Thanksgiving. It's delicious. My wife, it's so good. So, so good. All right. Well, you know what? I feel lighter. I feel brighter. I feel like this was a great show today. I don't know if you do. Hopefully you feel good about it. Got a little bit of politics in there, but I'm kind of moving on. We're going to be moving on to some of the other lighter, brighter stuff into December because, you know, come January, it's going to be nothing but wall-to-wall -wall state politics, day in and day out. It's all we're going to be talking about. 
definitely need to get that recharge in. Enjoy this time with your family. Be thankful. Be thank- think of all the things that you're thankful for. Yes, the world's a mess and it's crazy and everything else, but what can you affect? You can affect that time with your family. Love on them, hug on them, kiss them, and be kind. Love one another and others and live well. Happy Thanksgiving. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We'll see you guys next Monday. Turkey rice soup made from the turkey carcass the day after? Jill? Why have you not posted that up on the recipe contest? Right? Turkey rice soup made from turkey carcass? That sounds amazing. Bill, I don't even know what I could say. Bill, just, you know, that sounds delicious, though. Um, Don't care about football. I always slept in on Thanksgiving. Um... What's the point of getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning on Black Friday? Yeah. I mean, football's a total snooze fest, says Sourdough Steel. Um, yeah, I don't even I don't even care. Love the parade. I love the Macy's Day parade, people say. I'm like, I would rather watch paint dry. I mean, WKRP, the turkey show, still cracks me up. As God is my witness, I thought that turkeys could fly. <laughs> what she didn't like that <laughs> Toddy's like normal people buy it at the store what a way to perpetuate the myth of where our food comes from Oh, you know what I mean I'm going to hunt for my turkey like normal people and go get it in the store I'm going to hunt for it in the store we know that it doesn't come anyway it's one of those things Um. alright my friends you know what I'm uh, I'm done. I got a full day's worth of work and uh, more to get everything done for the weekend. So, but I definitely want to hear. I definitely want to hear about the uh, the turkey rice soup. I want to hear about that. So anyway, we'll see you guys on Monday. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show